What's up, guys? I'd like to kind of give you more of a backstory of me. And uh, I skipped an episode, episode 10. I went right from 9 to 11, and that wasn't really, uh, it was kind of accidental, but it was also a reminder to, I was supposed to do a podcast about, I guess, my testimony and kind of, like a, a kind of full backstory of how I've came to the knowledge that I have and what's my path. So, uh, anyway, I was supposed to record that one and I actually did record it. And uh, for whatever reason, I haven't put it up online yet. Uh, but, anyways, I'm going to do it now. So, better late than never. So. My story is, I was raised by um, a very religious mother and a very uh, manipulative father. And my great-great-grandfather was a Freemason. And my grandma was into witchcraft. So that's me, right? And a lot of stuff I had to fight early on. I'm finding some big, powerful, demonic spirits early on, like religion, manipulation, things like that. Also, I was born cursed, because it messes your bloodline. When you join those secret societies, your DNA, your blood changes forever. You're cursed. I mean, your blood's cursed. Anyways. So it's all about, I had, you know, like your, your children, grandchildren, man. Let me tell you, man. Family got every problem in the world. Every, they got every single problem. They all have one of them. And they're all different from, you name, I don't even want to say it, but they have every problem that you can have. And they have, there's no problem that the family doesn't have. <laughs> all from that cursed bloodline. And uh, if, if you know, like if you have a, a father or, or a grandfather or whatever, you have somebody, you were born into a, um, some, you know, if somebody you uh, were related to was in a secret society, uh, there are certain prayers that you can say to break that curse off your life. And I highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. That you do it. And uh, anyways, just contact me. And I'll get you that right stuff. Uh, highly recommend it. Uh, I had to do it. But anyways. I was in this cursed bloodline. Moms. And then my mom dad divorced at five. So I'm dealing with that. And then uh, I went to public school. And it was awful. And uh, it's just. I mean, it wasn't really awful. Actually, I mean, I actually enjoyed school. And school was different, too. Um, and I knew it was a bunch of nonsense, though. And school, you know, but uh, I was just like, I just was, I like to have fun, and I still believed in this, like, world where, you know, I don't know. I believed in this fantasy that had hope in it, you know. Anyways, um, nothing really to say. It was just like a normal kid, I guess, you know. Uh, growing through high school, but uh, things got 
while I get 20, I decided I didn't want to go to church anymore. I was in this like hardcore cult religion called the Churches of Christ. Um, and it's a very dangerous cult. One, it's a cult that doesn't do cult things, so you don't know you're in a cult. Like, they don't have a dress code, Church of Christ, other than, you know, dress modestly. Uh, so, but, like, you never know somebody's in this cult, all right? And that's what's scary, because if you don't know you're in a cult, it's really hard to get out of it. But anyways... Ultimately, at 20, I decided I didn't want to go to church anymore. It wasn't because I didn't believe what they said. I was just tired of being reminded of going to hell. Because that's all they talk about. I'm serious. It's crazy. <laughs> Think about it now. Yeah. All they did was talk about people going to hell. It was so awful. That's what I thought about all the time. I thought about dying, going to hell. That's like every single day of my life. <laughs> Anyways, at 20, I was like, I'm not doing it anymore. I just made a, like, a conscious move to just get away from it. Even though, and I just thought, well, I'm going to hell, but I just don't want to think about it anymore. You know, that's that's the way I rational, like, with the decision. So, then I got introduced to this documentary. And the documentary is called Zeitgeist. And it truly was a satanic movie um I know now I mean I've known for a while uh they start off basically telling you the bible is uh it's not true it's uh you know it's uh it's just a bunch of baloney, the whole thing, and, and you know, it's just a bunch of. Uh, they just like rewrote this story with all the different language, like uh, civilizations, and uh, the you know, it's just the Bible isn't real and all that kind of stuff. You know? So you're like, oh God, you know, who knows if that's true? And then they tell you the honest to God truth about 9/11 and the Federal Reserve, and then they inform me about everything, and then so then you think, oh my God, maybe that first part's real. <laughs> anyways it was a part of my uh, like me it was a part of me I guess um, finding my path I had to get out of the church of Christ it was a game and nothing it never ends good there everybody's like you know you're, you fall into three categories if you church of Christ you're either if you're happy it's because you're living a doubled life you know you're drinking wine and doing whatever you're breaking all the rules behind the, the scenes you know oh wow if you're depressed then you're doing everything right <laughs> and that's about it you know but anyways i get out of that game i get in and i became an atheist or what i thought it was but then i halfway through it i decided i was agnostic because i couldn't rule out the possibility of god and that was also key to me finding the Lord, uh, being open there to a degree, you know. So anyways, I became agnostic, uh, what I at least thought. But I remember right before I made the decision to quit my belief in Him, I 
asked, I got on my hands and knees and I prayed and asked the Lord. I said, if you are real, then please show me. So then I let it go. And I just, and then I became an atheist. Anyways, that prayer was instrumental. The realness of the prayer, I meant every word. I needed, I needed something. I wasn't going to go for what I was getting. Because it wasn't worth, like, not living for. The God they presented was not worth living for. Because it wasn't really God. That's the truth. It's a spirit. It's a demon. Satan created the religions. Anyways. I didn't want... I didn't want that life anymore. I became an atheist. And here we are. Atheist now. And I wasn't just an atheist. I was an awful atheist mock people it's very rude and uh they make making fun of people heavy because everybody had like halfway believed in god anyways like nobody had a strong belief in him okay so i just like you know working for the devil i mean it was awful truthfully you know <laughs> so anyways um that's what was happening i meet these girls um Uh, I had these. I used to have these huge parties at my house, and like I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you a story. And we'd have like, we'd we'd have four live bands come out and see us, like come to the house, and they'd do it for free, because I would promote their band. So I worked out a deal with all the bands that y'all come play, y'all come rock and roll, you know, and put you know, I can get you like 50, 60 people to come see you play, man. That's how I'd sell these uh, local bands to come to my house and play. <laughs> and I would get like five kegs, and I would make jello shots, and I would make this uh, thing I used to call trash can punch. It was like Hawaiian punch, and I'd throw a bunch of different make, like drinks in it. And we'd have these big parties, and I'd have like 500 people come, come to the party. I would charge at the door $5. So just like that, I would just like... I became like a show promoter. I would promote shows, and uh, then I there would be a concert at my house, and uh, every Saturday or once a Saturday, one Saturday a month would be the big show. And yeah, I'd orchestrate the whole thing. Anyways, that's just kind of funny thing about. It. I haven't thought about that stuff in a while, but anyways, I meet these girls at one of my parties, and. Uh, one gal, she worked at Hooters, and her other friend, they were both very good-looking women. And uh, we, we kind of started talking, and uh, we think we were dating or something like that, something close to dating. And uh, she's like, yeah, uh, I, I play with a Ouija board. That's what she said. And I said, really? I said, that's so silly. She said, oh, no, it's real. She's talking about how, you know, playing with a Ouija board was real and uh, it was badass. And, I mean, it's all very real stuff. Blah, 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 right? So, anyways, I said, well, I was so open to anything because I had just let go of this religion. I wanted to, you know, give everything an opportunity. I wanted to see. I wanted to know more. So, I was like, sure. I'll play the. She's like, 
Plus, it was really hard to say no to this girl. I just met her. She was, you know, she was a beautiful woman. And uh, I was like, yeah, y'all want to come over and play a game? You know, two of her hot friends. So I was like, yeah. I mean, it was like so evilly kind of came into the picture. So they come over to play with a Ouija board. And uh, we start playing and uh, we start asking it questions. And like pretty much... Nobody could answer the questions. And then we're like, y'all are pushing, y'all are pushing. And then, uh, then some people were like playing with it, like uh, the Ouija board by themselves. And then, I mean, all kind of wild stuff started happening. And I was like, what's the game? What's the like score of the game in the next room? And it was like, uh, you know, 17, 24. And that's what the score was of the Cowboys game going on. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so, uh, anyways, they leave. And then I was talking to my cousin because he was there. I'm like, man, what do you think that was? I mean, that's got to be real, right? And then, oh, that was cool later. Then I have like this nightmare that night. Like, awful nightmare. I had this nightmare, reoccurring nightmare. Uh, the first night I had a nightmare, it was about this werewolf dude, this dude who had like a wolf head and a body, and he'd be always like eating people, slashing right through me, always be chasing me. And I had, I had three dreams, separate dreams, about that werewolf just slashing me wide open. All right? Then, <laughs> then I would like I was like standing in line at um, some fast food place. I mean, this is a long time ago, you know, before I was really awake. And well, like at a fast food place, trying to get some food, and this dude behind, like uh, I'm standing behind him. He turns around. He's in front of me, and he says, "That wolf man is gonna get you." As he just says it to me. And uh, I said, what? And he just like, ha, 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 <laughs> I was like, wow, that's crazy. So that wolf man was going to get me. I was having these nightmares about a wolf guy. And then that guy says, the wolf man is going to get me. Then I had, then my change from, uh, my change was $6.66. I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? Then I go to bed that night and something falls on my keyboard and it starts blaring music. I used to have these huge like speakers. Like, like I told you, I used to do these parties and I had speakers that freaking, you know, really get it. You know, I mean, it was like, I mean, I was basically running a club or something. But anyways... Middle of the night, dude. My computer is blaring music as loud as possible. I'm just playing some like Invaders Must Die, some song. That's what they were saying. It was like some techno song, and it was like getting really heavy. Oh my god, right around right the middle of the night. And uh, I get to my uh, 
screen and something fell on the keyboard and it was smashing the number six on a, on the text. Like you want to save a note on your desktop? Man, that thing was just running them sixes. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. All right. So that's what's going on. And then um, I have another party and uh, this guy said, man, watch out for that dog. Watch out for that dog, man. I said, what? What do you mean? He said, I mean wolf. I said, I said, what do you mean? He said, I don't know, man. I just feel like saying that. That's what he said. <laughs> I mean, look, I know this may be intense for you. It's just funny thinking about now. Uh, it was not funny at all, okay? And then I got told a third time the wolf guy will get me. This one was direct. They weren't joking. But it was done in such a weird, wacky way. I was standing in front of like eight people and they're all having separate conversations between them. And they all turned their head one at a time and they said, the, and then the next person would be like, wolf. The next person would be like, man, we'll get you. And then they all went back to their conversations and not one of them could remember that that or had any recollection of the conversation or the whole thing. It's like no one saw it but me. <laughs> and I want you to know, I didn't do, I've never, I was never a drug dude. I never did drugs. I never did any of the drugs. Um, I never did any of that stuff. Just never was. So I'm not like, uh, I'm not on drugs telling you some drug stories. It's telling Anyways. <laughs> Well, a lot of scary stuff's happening. Then, uh, I'm like, I'm going nuts. I was trying to tell my sister, I was like, man, I need to go to some mental hospital. <laughs> that's what I thought, you know? I mean, it was, I guess it was a natural thing, but I thought that sounded really scary. <laughs> it would have been very scary. Good thing I didn't do that. But I was like, I either I'm nuts or like I was I was very depressed, you know. Um I I mean very depressed. Because I was like, is this nightmare ever gonna end? And I'd have I'd have the worst pains that are just undescribable would come on to me. And be sometimes feel like a knife sticking in me, turning. I mean it's bad, bad, bad stuff. I mean, couldn't sleep ever. And uh, I, had, I had to stop uh, drinking. And um, I had to stop uh, smoking uh, weed, too. I was smoking weed at the time. So, I mean, I said I knew drugs. If you think that's a drug, whatever. But I was smoking weed at the time. I, anyways, I quit. But these things were taking place when I was on nothing. Cause it was got things got even scarier when I was drunk, like I, like when I was drunk or when I was high. So things got worse. So I was like, well, I better stop doing that. <laughs> so I did. So then went like two weeks. I didn't smoke or nothing, you know. And uh, some people came over and they're like, you know, I thought things had gotten because things kind of quieted down. I was like, well, things are okay. So they're like, uh, the, these dudes are like, you want to smoke a joint with us? I said, uh, sure. 
And I went two weeks, I hadn't smoked a joint, so. I was like, okay. So I did. As soon as I hit that joint one time, everybody was like, we gotta get out of here. And I'm like, where y'all gotta go? And they were like, oh, we gotta go over to this place. And then they all left. And it was just me in this huge house by myself. And I did not want to be alone <laughs> at all, especially if I was high. So then I was like, oh my God. I was like, well, just get your mind off things. So I was like, I'm just going to sit in front of my computer and uh, just going to listen to some music. And I was just going to sit there and listen to some music. And I was going to just like, uh, they had these visualizations from this uh computer program I had and it'd make really neat looking ones so I was just gonna watch that I was just trying to get my mind off things well as I'm watching it I feel my body start to slowly like it feels like I'm like out of my body like I'm so relaxed and it's like you ever get in a chair and you just like sink in it and you, you almost feel like your soul is further back than your body you know what I mean like you're really in a chair well I was like I felt that and then the next thing I feel like I'm like out of my body I can see my body now I'm not in my body and I felt this like twisted like pull this evil pull like pulling me out of my body so then I'm like oh my god I said, I gotta get back in my body. Alright? So I, I fight my way and I get back into my body. Alright? And then I call my sister, and she was a Christian at the time. And I told her that, uh, to pray for me. So I told her. I said, pray for me. And I told her that, uh, I think I figured out that they, like, I felt like they were trying to possess me, like the demons were. That's what I thought at the time, right? So, I was like, I told my sister, you know, and I think that, uh, you know, I was wrong about everything. I think God's real, and please pray for me. I hang up the phone, and I just get on my hands and knees, and uh, my sister told me to say, in the name of Jesus, get out of my house. I was like, okay, that's all I'll do. So I just got on my hands and knees, and I said, name of Jesus, get out of my house. And I and uh, I just start saying it, and as I'm saying it, the, the house is making all kind of racket, like cabinets are opening and, and shutting in the back. Uh, I mean, the shutters are like, you know, opening and closing on their own, and the lights are... Uh, blinking and uh scared you know so I was like I just closed my eyes at that point I didn't want to see it anymore this is gonna say in the name of Jesus get out of my house and then I was like I'm so so sorry I'm so so sorry I, I meant the the apology that came out of me at the moment was so real but truly cause I had messed up and I denied him and I was like a worker of darkness so hideous and, uh, anyways, 
So, then I start hearing, well, as I'm, I'm saying this, I, I hear this um, howl. I mean, hell is just howling like some freaking werewolf, I swear. Like screaming on the outside of the house. And then I'm hearing these claws like scratching up against that house. Big freaking claws. I mean, just ugh, scary shit. <laughs> Extremely, right? I just keep saying it, and I just start screaming it this time, and I'm crying my eyes out, okay? And I'm like, in the name of Jesus, get out of my house. And I'm saying, I'm screaming it, okay? I mean, like, top of my lungs, I'm just screaming and crying. And, and the entire, as I'm doing it, I'm also repenting for how awful I was. You know, and it's, it's kind of real, you know. I get choked up, like, telling the story. But, uh, the next part is, it was like, peace just came over that room. Complete peace. Like, total relaxation. And the warmth and the, the love. And I look up, and I see the face of Jesus. He's in the ceiling, and it was uh, like an outline of his face with pink and blue lights. And I see Jesus. He's right there. He's right there on the ceiling. I'm looking right up at him. And then I had all this air, which I thought was air at the time, come out of my body. There was more air than I could possibly breathe. It was like shooting out of my body. It was like three huge like amounts. I never took a breath in the middle of it. So like I could like, I can't possibly breathe this much air out, right? And it's just all coming out of me. And uh I don't know why, but like, I put my head down. I feel sometimes I wish I never stopped looking at him. But um I don't know. I did, but it's whatever. I know I saw looking at him, and then he was gone, like that. And then, at that point, I gave my my life to the Lord, and I was angry. I was angry at the devil. You know, with true righteous anger. And I said, I want to get him in the way I was created to get him. I'm going to get him. In the way I was created to get him. And that's what I'm going to do. So anyways, that's what I said, you know. And then, so voila. Here I am. You know, here I am. Like, you know. But like the nightmare didn't go away. I still had awful dreams. And uh, I woke up one night. I was floating. Um. Uh, I woke up, I was floating, and I, like, I wake up, drop, around my bed, a couple times, and, uh, you know, just a bunch of wack- wacky stuff. I started going to this church, and, uh, I was very dedicated to the church, and, uh, I was asked to preach one 
one Sunday. I said, sure, I'll, I said, I will take, I will preach. So I went out there and I preached. I don't remember what I preached about. But uh, it was a good sermon. I remember that. It was truthful and uh, impactful. And, uh, you know, uh, then I got to do it again. So I did it again. And more people came to see me preach. And then I was in a small church. And I tell the story... And it ain't no way to really bash this man. I have no hard feelings. I love him only. I'm just telling a story. I started preaching. I was allowed to preach. I started this thing called Sunday Night Live. We'd have, I found all these uh, people want to be youth, uh, do like worship music. I was like, y'all ought to come to put on a show, man. And then I'll preach. We'll do all this like one Sunday night show. <laughs> so I was just doing it again. And uh, people started really coming to my show. Well, it was like, a, I mean, I prepared all month for a, a lesson. I prayed about it every morning, every night. And I, I said, Lord, just, I'm waiting for you to tell me what they need to hear and how can I tell them it. You know, I was just actively in that at every moment of my life. And I put on a good... Uh, Good lesson. So then I started having 100, 150 people come see me preach. And then like our church, like our normal church attendant was like 25. Well then the preacher was like, uh, we're not gonna do it no more. We're gonna take a break from it. That's what he said. And you know, it's starting to affect his money, I guess. That's okay. I love him only. So then I was taken from me. And, uh, you know, truthfully, it all had a purpose. I wasn't going to get stuck in that game. The Lord had greater plans to, for me than get stuck in some preacher-pastor game. It's just, you know, I'm not trying to say there's no good coming from that stuff, but there was deeper things that the church would never let me preach on inside their building. That's the truth. I mean, ultimately, my, my message was very freeing. It's like, you don't even need us. You don't need a pastor. You don't need a preacher. You just need your brain. It's like what I always would try to preach. And that's kind of contrary to the system. Uh, every religion is a somewhat formula of the Catholic religion. And so the priest is the pastor, and he's got a special connection to the Lord. If you need something, you need him to pray for it, he'll come pray for it, because his prayers are very, very powerful, unlike yours. Okay, he got this special deal with the Lord, you know? And, and some of them may, but it's like, they don't preach a message that you have that same power. You don't have to go to him all the time. It's a freeing thing. Anyways, they don't, I guess they didn't like it. Whatever. And uh, then I got to preach at uh, this other church. And, I got, and then I get people come and ask me to come preach for them once, every once in a while. I come preach a message. And I was kind of preaching all over the place. And then they all just kind of like, I'd like, like dive into some church, you know. 
and uh, I just didn't have the right feel about any of it. I don't know, it just seemed kind of mundane, and why am I coming here? For what purpose? I'm not learning anything, you know? And uh, I went to this other church, and then I went to, like, I was wanted to do small group stuff, and uh, I took all these cl- hours and hours of classes. I took all these classes to do it, and they didn't want me to do it. And uh, I was, like, mad because, like, I keep getting, like, rejected. I would be, like, the, I would, like, apply for a job, and I'd be so qualified in the church. And uh, I just wouldn't get it. And I get so mad. <laughs> but really, it was never supposed to happen. I know now. And I'm so glad I got out of that system. It was terrible. Because, I mean, you know, it would, for me at least, whatever. So, anyways, uh, the next church, uh, they said, no, we don't want your services either. Just sit in the pew. That's what the guy thinks of pew. Pew. God says pews are pew, like stinky. Anyways. <laughs> but anyways, um, so that's that. And then I was like, you know what? I don't want to go anymore. So I stopped going. And I uh, just denied, just denied, you know, constantly. I wasn't getting fed when I'd go. And I uh, stopped going. Sure, I'm very much believe in the Lord and but I was told years ago uh, that I was going to start a digital church that my message couldn't be contained in a, in, a, in, a, in a small church and there you go that's what I'm doing man you know ultimately that's what it is and some of y'all may go to church it's great but I promise you this the true message of truth Cannot be preached in that in that church. Too much politics. Just saying most of the time that's the truth. Okay? So anyways, you know, you gotta find your own like deep personal relationship with the Lord in a way. You gotta find it. And it's all through being real with yourself. You know. But anyways, that lead me up to today, then um, I guess if you listen to my last podcast, I told you about how I was told to get on Facebook, and so I did that. Anyways, that's, that's the story, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it.